to Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 23. This week's artist, Primus. Is it luck that Sergeant Baker looked in the eyes of the squirrel and saw Lee Van Cleef? Just like Bob the Heckler in the final voyage of the liquid sky that found 11 was far too many puppies for the valley. Mr. Nodal told you that the fight lost your tradition is American life, so you can find those damn blue collar tweakers. Your host, Rob Hyphen, and fresh on DMV, Jacob Newkirk. I'm impressed. <laughs> Oh, that was my favorite whatever. How was, many takes did you have to do with it? it what, that was a through take. Wow. What, what I did is I, I did it once and I was like, eh. And I was like, eh, I missed it one part. Let me pop it in and do the second. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, you know what? Let me step back. Let me redo the whole thing from scratch and see if I can run through it once. And, and, and I did. Out. I knocked it out. That's good. <laughs> so welcome to the Dirty Dozen podcast where we rank the Dirty Dozen or top 12 Primus songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brew, brew, few brews. I'm Rob. I have to say it fast. Welcome to Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we rank Dirty Dozen or Twat Top Primus songs while discussing the music and patting back a few brews. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. There we go. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active on our Facebook page, although I can't send a shout out to everyone. This is a special one, this, this one. Uh, I usually send a list of everybody, and I appreciate everybody who's been on our list, but I'm only going to do one thing on this one. I'd like to take a quick second mm-hmm. to send a special shout out to Heather Kim. For suggesting Primus for this podcast. Yeah, this is her request. Uh. Yes. So remember, if you want to hear your favorite band, let us know. And we'll get it done. We will. Eventually. And eventually. <laughs> no, it's it's not like we're going to do it the next week. Totally. It took probably three months for us to really get it, if, if, yeah. if not even a little more. One of these days we'll do like Isley Brothers or something. Yeah. <laughs> Isley Brothers is Jake's favorite band. People don't know that. Well, it's dangerous if we take requests that might get thrown well, in there. Well, within reason. I mean... Primus is a good band that yeah. we both kind of like, yeah, so gonna, it works. Yeah. If you say, I really, you know, I want you to do that Poison podcast, yeah. we may actually do the Poison podcast, but it's not going to be what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, because we may not be as yeah. kind to We the will point. shame you. No, <laughs> we won't shame you, but but we may not do the top 12 worst songs by Poison, yeah. which is kind of hard. It's kind of redundant. 12 worst <laughs> I actually like talk, talk dirty to me when it came out. Actually, I, I didn't I, like that guilty. song. I mean, there's a couple songs guilty. I could I could like, but and it was like one of the simplest solos ever to play on guitar. So yeah, like, thank you, CC Deville, yeah, for he's... doing that easy stuff. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> back to Primus. I don't know where we went to. Uh, we turned up the volume a little bit this week on our video. Uh, not to 11, but to 151. Pretty close. Yeah. 151 Ways to Die is the one drink we did. And guess what? I have special news for our podcast listeners. Usually you have to wait a week. Quick. Flip to YouTube. <laughs> Poof. Guess what? It's there. Everything's there. You're good. Uh, that, that was kind of weird. I didn't want to be that that like flamboyant. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Caleb Barachi. I know. What the hell was that? What the hell? What are you doing down there, boy? All right. There's only two things. What was that from uh, Sergeant Baker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see no horns on your head, boy. Anyway, uh, but really kind of interesting drink. 151 Ways to Die. Sounds interesting to me. Probably interesting to you. Check it out on the video. All right. So, Jake, tell me how the music of Les Claypool and Primus entered the hmm. world of Jacob Newkirk. Yeah, this band, no one sounds like them, right? I remember It's like, actually interesting. They're like their own genre. Like Yeah. It's it's hard to really say any Maybe them and Frank Zappa are in their yeah, own little thing. There's no yeah. any one thing they are, and even then it's like Yeah, a, they're not even Zappa, <clears throat> they're not even Floyd, they're not they're all this weird. Yep, yeah. Yep. 
I think it was about sixth-ish grade. A friend of mine came over and stayed the night, and he had pork soda on tape, and we listened to it, and I thought it was super bizarre. I didn't quite like it as much, but there was something I liked. My mom didn't like it. She heard us listening to it, and she thought it was weird. But later on, I have well, friends. Well, Primus with, sucks. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. I just started digging in all my musician friends and, and started to realize this. Um, once you get past maybe some of the, the things that are a little off-putting, same with Rush, right? The vocals, you, you're kind of like, eh, I don't know about it. But sure. once you start to unearth all the goodness there, you're just like, wow, this band is great. And it's, I think, looking back, you know, in the 90s, the term alternative was thrown around a lot. But this is one of those bands that I think truly kind of embody the term alternative because, like you said, how, how do you put them in a category? Right, no. Yeah, it's not metal, it's not funk, it's not it's prog. A, it's, a, it's just like... To it's, put it in context, I mean, when when they were out there, they were touring... And this is the two bands they toured with. They toured with Rush, which makes sense. Right? right? Yeah. They've toured with, right after Rush, that tour ended, they said, wow, we toured with Rush. What else can we do? Oh, guess what? We're going to tour with U2. Mm-hmm. And they opened for U2. Yeah. <laughs> which is, but you can play with Rush and you can play with U2. And now they're playing with Slayer. Play with me too. They can play with all Yeah, I'm going to see them uh, at the, the show at the oh, forum with Slayer. And you got me tickets, right? Well, I might. We have like four for oh. some friends, and I'll let you know. Okay, if anybody walshes out, let me know. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I mean, definitely go. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. A, I'm not as huge on Slayer, but I don't. I know some. Same. Songs I've seen them enough, um, but it's the last. But the Primus last thing. is. Like, yeah. And the, Primus. I, well, the first time I saw Primus was in at Ozfest in 1999. Nice. With Buckethead, he was there. And yeah. I didn't even know who he was at the time, but it, it just goes to show. Yeah, they'll play with like these these heavier acts. Like Ozfest Slayer, and then go like you said, play with U two or Rush, and it's just um, they 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 fit and they don't fit, and that's what's so crazy. During Ozfest, mm-hmm. right before that, before they went on Ozfest, Ozzy had heard about them once before, and he showed up at a club. Lur was so nervous, and Ozzy showed up and started doing NIB with them, and he started the solo wrong twice. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and Ozzy's like, "Hey man, I was just playing with these these effing <laughs> right." Uh, garage band man it was awful it was the worst ever <laughs> and then later on when they were up there and he played with them and he, they did it so well that they released it and it was pretty popular mm. but yeah they used to play at the show he's like oh my god that bassist is amazing I just I, I tell you what Sharon <laughs> no, you know like, and yeah. all that stuff uh, but he's actually feeling better by the way just the sidebar uh, he was sick for a while they say that he is mm-hmm. recovered and will be back on tour shortly so yeah I think he's, he's doing a solo album that's coming out soon too. He's been writing. I think he did something with Post Malone, which I heard, which is weird. And really? Then, and I think in doing that, um, the vocals for that track, he got ideas to do as a solo album. So something else. Well, honestly, I, I love the solo stuff. And once again, we're deviating from progress. yeah, it's a different whoop, topic. But, whoop, yeah. Right back. For me, I was very sporadic in my Primus knowledge. I knew them from uh, Tommy the Cat. I knew them from. Uh, a couple of the other songs that were kind of popular. Mm-hmm. I knew them from South Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they were, <laughs> the theme song. That's, yeah. The theme song. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. And they did another thing. I had the Chef Aid soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of things. Because, <laughs> you know I me, mean, I have all of that animation. Silly. The adult animation. That sounds bad. Yeah, watch. The Simpsons. I have... Yeah, it's... it's I have of... uh, Family Guy. You know, that yeah. sort of stuff. I... The more, not for the kitties, yeah, uh, cartoons really. 
and South Park. I was a fan up until they really, they keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then at a certain point I was like, yeah, that's, I'm a little bit done with that. Because <laughs> uh, they kept, you, get, you can, can't push the envelope so, so much. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, the funniest thing is I saw sure. I saw bigger, longer, and uncut, oh, yeah, which was fantastic. But I saw that, and some some parent brought his like eight year old kid. Oh, that's bad. To it, and they made it through. Uh, I think blame Canada, and then it started going downhill, and they were out of there. Yeah, and there was a, a lot of people movie. who left, but it was kind of fun to be in there, knowing what you were walking into, and then all of a sudden <laughs> seeing all these people go left and right. Yeah, and uh, but sideswiped by a. But that said, I was aware of a lot of their music through my friend, again, but through all mm-hmm. of these tapes that he would hand me, and I'd get pieces of it. I wasn't necessarily into a specific album at that point. Later on, Green Cheese and Pork Soda I, I bought, and I had a couple others. There were, there were that sort of band that was n- not in a specific space, and I was I like that. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of, as I told you before, I'm kind of in between sometimes, yeah. and there's no better in between with great musicianship and Primus. Oh, yeah. It's tight. And I tell you what, uh, we extended the time, and I apologize for making it a little longer than our normal two weeks, but that extra week, I really dug in. I finished the book that Les Claypool came out with, Primus and the Elect- Over the Electric Grapevine by Greg Prado and Primus, of course. And it's fantastic. So uh, I will put a link to the book. I didn't know he had a book. Yeah. And it's great. It's done in interview style. So, like, they'll talk about a topic, and then they'll say, Lur will have something to say, and they'll have Kirk Hammond have something to say, Mm -hmm. and they'll have a whole bunch of people talking about it. But it'll be a conversation about that time, or they're making the Brown album. This is the conversation about that. This is a conversation about Green Naga High. This is a a conversation about Pork Soda, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Buckethead, whatever. He's in there. And the whole thing, yeah, Ozfest. All right, so today's beer, we are That's right. trying a uh, <clears throat> seasonal beer from Stone, which is one of our favorite beers, and it's Agro Agronomist, and it sounds something like uh, Les Claypool would say. Agronomist. 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 Agronomic? Like an extra nomist? O there. Agro Agronomist. No. Yeah. Agro Agronomist. I think we're both right. It's like tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah. Okay. Stone Agro Agronomist. IPA. But I figured that was something that less people would sneak into a, a phrase. It does sound like a Primus song or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agro Agronomist. It's on our new I album. I hear him saying that, yeah. It tastes fantastic. Yeah, it does. I was surprised. I actually, a lot of times, IPAs kind of just, you know, you taste one, you taste the other. But every once in a while, some stand out above the others. And Stone's good at that. So uh, this one's tasty. And they have three hops in this. It's the Citra, which is a pretty normal one. Yeah. But then they have this one, they have a new variety for them, which is called Sabro. And then they have one that's not even named yet. It's HBC 692 on it. And what it is is they have these agronomists. <laughs> Gosh, it's killing me. Agronomist is somebody who's growing this stuff and making their new hops and trying to be cutting edge with wow. this stuff. And this is these local farmers that they work with at Stone. Oh, yeah. Farm to can release. Farm to can. And when I'm tasting it, you know, I have a little taste. I actually tasted coconut right off the bat. Really? Yeah. I, I got a little. I just got a bunch of uh, really green piney flavors. Well, well, it's, well, it's like, I, I still taste fruit in there, too. There's some sort of fruit. Can't it's, slice it, it's funny because um, the last one that Stone did that I was super impressed, the IPAs, was the Scorpion Bowl. I really love that one. And this <laughs> one reminds me of that because it has this, like, it's an IPA with, the, I don't know, the, the hops taste just a little bit different, a little more fresh and green. 
But I mean, the scorpion one had a little bit more fruitiness, and this one does, and I didn't want to make it sound like it does. It, it tastes like beer, but it tastes different because of the hops that are in it hmm. more than anything else. You know, there's some citrus in it, I'm sure, and there's some coconut I tasted. Jake maybe didn't. Uh, nope. it, it wasn't in his can. It was in mine. Yeah. I got the magic can. <laughs> and, you know, maybe a little fruit. Oh, it but, says it on the back of the can, hints of coconut. Oh, that, see, I was right. Herbs and stone fruit. You must have read this. I did not. This, <laughs> the, I tasted fruit and I tasted coconut. That's all I tasted. The herbs. You, you were the one who saying the herbs. So the drummer, Herb, from... <laughs> Herb. Herb. Tim Herb. 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 And it's funny that Herb is not what you think it would be, which was be pot, right? It, it, right. Ginseng, because he he's, he's kind of weird that it's way. Weird out. <laughs> uh, anyway, let me talk about our disclaimer we're here. We're doing a podcast, right? Yeah, we're doing a podcast, <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> this is better this way. It's kind of free-flowing, and you're in the room with us, and that's kind of cool. Mm. For this last moment, is not something I would say in conversation. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share in under 15 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight. Then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Primus. We've also created a current episode, Dirty Dozen Podcast Playlist, List, which will automatically update with each podcast of the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. And that's pretty cool. I had somebody do that. We had a couple people do that. And this way you're always on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't have to search for the music. Because what happens is we're playing these 15 second clips and you're like, man, yeah, but you wanna I want to listen to the yeah. song now. So do it justice. Yeah. yeah now, now you can. Mm-hmm. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a band like that that we did last week. Yeah. And people are like, oh, Man, I can't. I want to listen to all of that. I think that was a definitive, like, top 12. If you put that on a CD and put best of, then. Yeah, stamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. All right. So, Jake, what's your primus song of note? A song of note. Yeah, this one. And what's um, the note? Is it B flat? Okay. <laughs> it's a brown note. <clears throat> don't play the brown note over the air. This you know one, what that uh, happened to our listeners? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Everybody dropping the deuce. (laughs) (laughs) This one, it it might be cheating, but it's not, I don't think. And this is, I only say so because it's all the same guys who were in the original Primus lineup. But it was uh, released later under the band Sausage, which was, you know, it's Todd Huth and Jay Lane. But um, I picked the song Riddles Are Bound Tonight from the Sausage album because, like I said, it was the guys from Primus originally. That song is great. He's done it even like in his solo projects in um, the Holy Mackerel album and all that. So it's, uh, I think it's it's something to note because I really love that song. Okay. No, yeah. that, that, that's great. I mean, it's all the stuff they did with Sausage and they played with some cool bands that had Sausage and yeah, they people are still actually calling for a Sausage reunion. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's between that and Oysterhead, right? Outside I'm not of a the big Primus. Fan of Oysterhead, but that's another thing. Well, it's, it's, if you like a jam band. I mean, like Grateful Dead, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's like. Which is kind of my beef with Primus these days, but that's a whole other thing. But, but yeah. I mean, when they come up, it's all of a sudden they have like this band that's going to go and you're going to listen to a concert that you'll only hear there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's that it, experience it's, for that it's moment. It's completely. And, yeah random event that will never be duplicated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like half of the time it's interesting reading the book he was saying like we go on and we wouldn't know what we're playing Seriously? Yeah, oh, they'd yeah. be like okay let's, let's just play this and like the first gig they did they're like okay yeah well, let's just jam we'll jam a little bit we'll come up with one or two things that'll 
ideas that and we'll see run where it off goes. Of, and we'll just run off of it and do it there. And mm. you remember one part, he said, the first gig they played, he said they were playing and they start going off and then they realize they've been playing too long and they stopped and they couldn't figure out where to go and they kind of stopped for a second and looked around and everybody was so mesmerized and in love with what they were doing. Oh, really? So they were like, cool. And then they, and they, yeah, and, and then they figured it out. Yeah. And then they tried to do a change. And I'm not that kind of musician. I need to know. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> I, I, not many people are. That's why it's so yeah, cool when you're that. Totally. Yeah. When those guys, all of them, like Stuart and everybody involved mm-hmm. in that. It's just um, yeah. uh, amazing. Anyway, so let's hear Riddles Are Abound Tonight off of the Sausage album. Which isn't Primus, but we'll go with that. <laughs> but it's the original Primus dudes. Oh, yes, I know. Okay. Okay, that was the Riddles Are Bound Tonight. Mm-hmm. And that was Jake's Song of Note. So now I'm going to get my gig on. Need up being geek on. Uh, I I'm kind of throwing it as into two, but I really like the second one better. Hmm. So I, if that makes sense, but it's all on the same album that Primus did. Okay, it's off of the Chef Aid, the South Park album. <laughs> First of all, I, I I just wanted to call out uh, before we got into the the whole th- the song that I'm going to talk about, uh, the song that uh, Les Claypool says is the worst song he's ever written, which I enjoy. Okay. <laughs> okay the worst song he's ever written so be ready that's, that's that that's our song of note uh but the first part of that i just wanted to talk briefly about the south park theme mm-hmm. that primus is known for and if you have never heard primus before watch a south park episode yeah, right in the front mm-hmm. and the story about how they got on that was kind of interesting because they heard they had a, the spirit of christmas uh short and they you know they're all yelling and it's uh cartman yelling at Anyway, the guys are yelling, and one's Christian, one's Jewish, and he's yelling, you can't celebrate yeah. Christmas, and, you know, you're a Jew. What's and they start going back and forth, and uh, it's this crazy episode, so if you ever see it, they have Santa Claus in it, and Jesus, and a whole bunch of things. They were big, like, Ren and Stimpy fans, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and they're like, let's really do our best work, and and Larry was like, I went to work writing it, this is a quote, I, I can say it's probably the thing that I focused in on and tried to write and make more perfect than anything I've ever written <laughs> for, for the South Park theme. Les was said, uh, to be honest with you, I never thought it was going to get on television. So that's the South Park theme, and you've all heard it, so I'm not going to play it here. The song that I want to talk to you about, and this is my actual song of note, is called Mephisto and Kevin off of the, the Chef A the South Park album, which you cannot get unless you actually buy the CD. So I apologize. You can actually get it on YouTube. So find oh, yeah. it on YouTube. So I'll get a link to YouTube for you guys. Right now, I actually own the CD. Once again, a little hang my head in shame. Clear vocals. They're really brighter than most Primus songs. The story, it's a crazy story. Okay, here's it in a nutshell. <laughs> they have these two doctors who do cloning. And one cloned asparagus. And the other one wanted to clone humans to make the best singer ever they found out that michael jackson was actually a castrato which means he was castrated and they saved some of his sperm okay here we go in in like a vault somewhere 
and they work on it and they get it and they found this this thing called Dave Jack Michelson you know <laughs> and they knew it was his and then they get the sperm and they they have this audition for uh for, for egg donors or like all these starlets who can sing and are beautiful voices and they test them out for voices then they pick one they put it together and they decide they don't want to host it in a human so they host it in a llama <laughs> so the, the baby's grown in a llama <laughs> and it's anyway it becomes this like beautiful beautiful child who can sing and do moonwalks by the age of three <laughs> but when his teeth come in they come in completely weird and they come up on the like side and, and he turns into a gopher boy and uh, he, uh, and you just hear him in the distance. It's this weird thing that Les came up with, really, because because Matt Stone from uh, South Park said, "Just come up with a backstory." <laughs> and he came up with that with those guys, and uh, I really think it's worth listening to. And uh, once again, uh, it, it's uh, one of Les Claypool's worst songs he's ever written. <laughs> in his that's in his words. Uh, but he could be kidding because you know sometimes they say Primus. You never songs, know what right? Primus. But for me, I I enjoyed it because I enjoyed that episode and the craziness of the story that comes through. And I may play a little bit more for Jake. And you're yeah, only, I think I've heard this. You're only gonna get 15 seconds of it for uh, y'all, but I will definitely put the link in the show notes, and you need to watch it. Okay, that said. Here's Mephisto and Kevin off of the Chef Aid, the South Park album soundtrack. That it would be far less complicated legally if the fees were brought to term in the womb of non-humans. He had long since secured the services of the university volleyball mascot, a llama by the name of Missy. When the baby was ready, the child was removed via cesarean. It was a healthy baby boy. He was named Kevin. There you go. What do you think? You're a virgin on that. What do you think? I've never heard that before. <laughs> And that might be the worst Primus song. I know, I know. But, it, but I, I was just impressed at how far he went with the story. And how... Yeah. yeah it was just... It was not from a musical point of view. Because musically, obviously... No, the storyline itself. It's not, and yeah, Isaac deep. Hayes. Singing, yeah, singing. <laughs> singing. Not very well. Not very well either. Yeah, but he's doing Off it. singing. He's, he's like, what the hell am I singing? What are you, what, what are you making me do here? Uh, <laughs> but for me, I just... The speed and dexterity and the clarity. Yeah. The clarity is something new for Primus. I think through that, to listen to a whole ridiculous story that is probably like 50 pages long that he puts into a two-minute song, you know, because <laughs> it's not all of the different instruments. It's pretty much It's just... more spoken word, what he's doing. In and, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, we've already said there's some other songs where he's oh. like rapid fire, does all this stuff, and uh, it's... It, it's fast and uh, and quick and singing, but this was more like you said. It was storytelling, spoken word. Yeah, I, as I said, uh, that's Les's uh, embarrassment. But I figured that <laughs> that would be the song that I would pick. That's interesting. I never heard that. Yeah, and it was it, for me. It was just it was, I just got a crack out of the story behind it. And I'm one for I love comedy to some degree, and the whole idea of Michael Jackson. Yeah, the storyline losing, line losing his testicles, <laughs> saving it under the, the the floor of UCLA, coming back, you know, seducing a woman to retrieve the sperm, and finding the testicles and the sperm with the name Jack Michelson on it, <laughs> <them. laughs> 
and coming out and then creating this baby. Not creating a baby because it's legally easier to put it in a non-human. Yeah. So they put it in the mascot, which is a llama. It's just, for me, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. What type of mind comes up with that story? Right. And exactly. It's, and, that's the question. It's but, so but bizarre. Les came up with that story. Yeah. Which, that, that, he's just a great storyteller, especially when it comes to terms of like telling a story through a character which you can always see throughout all his songs. So it, it it's not too hard to believe when it it's less Claypool, but besides that, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous tune. I get it. But I figured it was a song that I wanted to talk about. So there we go. Song of note. And let's start into the meat of the matter, Let's, uh, which was the name of my sex tape. The... <laughs> what's your number <laughs> let's go into the dirty dozen uh let's start with oh. your uh your number 12 and then i'll do 12 and 11 etc 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 we've All done right. this before yeah we'll get into this it wasn't hard to pick um a lot of the top songs what was hard was to organize them in the right order so that being said my number 12 landed with mr crinkle off of pork soda i think why it's so low is because I think the song feels too long after a while, but it doesn't take away from cool part of the song and that growl that he gets from the bass with that dragging the bow across it. Sure. Uh, and the video also was just amazing. It's like a one take kind of weird circus stuff going on with the pig suit. So it just it had to be on the list, and it was such an important song. But for me, it landed at number twelve. Yeah, I just love the growl with the yeah. when, it, when he uses the bow yeah. and the guitar work kind of brought interest to a repetitive bass line on this one. Mm. To your point, which is kind of it seemed after a while it seemed a lot. Yeah, it's a long when you song, focus yeah. on less, but Lur was doing some cool stuff. Totally, mm-hmm. so ended up working pretty good. It's Mr. Crinkle, Jake's number twelve. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> Okay, that's Mr. Crinkle. Jake's number 12. Just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> this beer is getting through me, man. Um, You're blowing up. I'm, <laughs> I'm blowing up like. There she blows. There she blows, like in the background of the Mr. Crinkle video. Um, <laughs> Mr. Crinkle's a person. Yep. So, you know. So, anyway, we'll talk about that later. My number 12 is from Tales from the Punch Bowl in 96. One of the songs that really just stood out after going through this for uh, three weeks and really just living and breathing Primus was Southbound Pachyderm mm-hmm. for me. It was just so good. The clear bass is over a traditional pattern and the guitar riffs over it. It's just so good. They had like six quick hits and the rhythm are so good. The vibe of the song, it feels almost like Floyd inspired. Yeah, it does. For the song. Um, I love the bass riff as it moves along. It gets much more complex as it moves on, uh, right before he starts singing especially. And Les sings melodically in the song. Yeah, to his own bass line. Yeah, and, and which is awesome. Like, I yeah, mean, it copies the vocal. With the instrumentation, yeah. <clears throat> Southbound, back and I'm done, done. I love it. Uh, mm. It's one of the best vibe and feels that I have in a lot of their songs. It just it, it felt good. It was just that rolling that I really enjoyed. And um, the video, they had uh, hunters and scientists uh, saving elephants. Yeah. And there's this whole thing that they were trying to save pachyderms. And pachyderms are not just elephants. Elephants are hippos and uh, rhinos. 
are considered packet arms. Oh, really? For some reason. I didn't know that. Me either. They, that's what they were. At least that's what Les says they, what they were, and that's what they were kind of pushing for. Wow. Um, I don't believe him. And uh, Claypool referenced uh, the song. Actually, he, he became a winemaker later on after he oh, yeah. quit pot, and he's like, I got to do something. Yeah, he drinks wine now. Yeah. Now he drinks wine, but he makes wine. He said mm-hmm. it's cheaper to just to make wine, so let me just do it. And he, so he has a... Uh, uh, purple pachyderm mm-hmm. is the name of one of his uh, wines. You can go with like uh, Claypool Cellars or something. They're fairly expensive, but not ridiculously so. Um, but the science, when I looked and I actually saw the video, I they, the hunters looked like Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. And the scientists looked like Russians. It looked like, so it was kind of interesting that the yeah. Russians were saving the uh, elephants from from theodore the roosevelt's running around yeah. it, it was all claymation it's it's kind of cool mm-hmm. but yeah it was a stop motion video just a great tune so uh anything else on southbound pachyderm no just that so yeah. yes on top of that it was just the uh like that the running that open open uh string there while he's kind of playing the other stuff over it it's just yeah it's a cool kind of droney Joni song and one of the cool things that like <clears throat> having a chance to go through this music i was telling you before we started today that extra week because it's usually a two-week thing where i dive in and it was three weeks diving in i watched oh probably six primus concerts and i got to see them perform it live and it was so good oh yeah i was like oh you know once you're delved into that you're deep into the Primus stuff. Things pop out that may not have originally been on your list, and this is one of them. So, Southbound Packerderm, my number 12. Hey, that's my number 12, Southbound Packinger. So the hmm. next song that I did, I'm going to move on to my number 11. This song definitely was not on my initial list. Hmm. But after I've seen it live a couple times, I love this song. And it's another song he kind of sings on. It's off of the Green Nogahide album. Oh. So there we go. Uh, Jilly's on Smack. Hmm. The guitar has like the heavy flange and delay on it as the song starts. Uh, the guitar hook comes in with the heavy delay. The bass contrasts the barrage of notes with the whole notes because it's really a a lead line that he does all over and over and over and over again. And it's kind of quick. He uses delays to cover a lot of that. So it sounds like he's playing a lot faster than he is through all of that. Mm. Um, Les Claypool said, uh, I would never write a song where I played a whole bunch of notes. Hey, everybody, follow me. (laughs) How's that going to work? But here's Lur with the guitar part. And he came in and I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so he really liked the uh, work like that, and uh, he said, uh, "Les would say I had a friend who uh, disappeared because of the use of yeah. the magic poppy, and he wrote a he wrote the song from the perspective of the family, and it's like uh, you know Jilly's on smack and she won't be coming back, she won't be coming back for the holidays, mm-hmm. and the way I listened to that when I heard that I just love his vocal is so laid back in this song." Julie's on smack and she won't be going back for the holidays and <laughs> that sort of thing it's just that for the holidays just the inflection there is great and throughout the song once again by the end of that song he's so the emotion is there and he's because this is a real story for him this is really something that happened name probably wasn't Julie 
but right. because he generally changes those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the music comes so theatric towards the end, especially the breakdown, and the he even just like bang the burp, the dang, the dang, 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 whatever it is, <laughs> uh, and he does like echoes in the breakdown, reminding me of Floyd quite a bit. So uh, I really love this tune. If you see them live, you'll love it too. Julius on Smack off a of Green Naga High. Any thoughts? No, I'm only uh, recently familiar with this song, but um, yeah, I don't think it's hit me the same way that it hit you. But it was it was something. It was obviously a single. I think a, a video too off of off this album. But um, yeah, yeah, it's I funny. I don't know that I've actually seen the video, but I've seen them play it in four different concerts. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all on YouTube. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. YouTube is just an amazing thing. I've always wished that I could see all these bands and all these times and. No, I can. I right. mean, it's not the same, obviously, as being there right, and but, hey. being in the mosh pit and jumping on stage. And, <laughs> and me jumping off stage, people are going to move the hell away. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, here's Julie's on Smack, my number 11. And she won't be coming back. She won't be coming back for the holidays. <laughs> I want to just play real quick before I want to get that little uh, guitar lick that he plays in the beginning. Okay, and this, this is my second one for this one, but I'm going to deal with it. So, deal with it. This is my show. <laughs> That's my and Jake's show. So, let's go. I want to hear this. So. That riff goes on through most of the song. So anyway, that's my number 11. Julie's on smack, and she won't be coming back. She won't be coming back for the That's the one with Jay Lane, right? He was back on drums on this album? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always fun. Like, drummers are the position on Primus that kind of rotate the most. Yeah. But it's always the same people coming back and forth in and out of the band. Right, throughout the, the history of... Uh their lives too it's not just like new it's pretty jay tim and brain and that's pretty much it right and tim yeah yeah and then tim and then lane it's like Mm -hmm. they all come back you know it's it's all in that rotation like tag you're it i think les wants to keep it familiar in the family he's he's like every 10 years i need to rotate people (laughs) probably helps just to keep it fresh you know i know okay so what's your number 11 jake oh my 11 okay mine is off of the brown album speaking of drummers this was brain's first album on here yes i love this one it's called shake hands with beef nice i think this was a standout track to me on this album and it was that nasty growling bass tone that he has going on there it's just so heavy and then you can kind of hear brains his signature like he does cymbal chokes and like the things that he brought that is different to what he does as a drummer really shines in this song as well video is also cool just like most primus videos kind of jerky and weird but yeah and it sounded so much heavier than than our yeah, little bit, uh, you know, uh, face, uh, Herb or Tim. <laughs> and obviously, this song is a euphemism. No, I think they said it's just about a friend that was a vegetarian. That sometimes yeah, I and... know, but he said, but Les says it's a song about a vegetarian, but it's also the way I phrased it was a euphemism for other things. Yeah. yeah. So it's not only that, but it's interesting, like you were saying before, that this like dirtier growl 
in the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use fuzz pedals, yeah. which they didn't sure. use. Like Some a lot effects. of times, Lur kind of uses the distortion on the amp, and that's his baby, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, what he uses. Yeah. And this he's using these fuzz pedals that he's throwing on there, and yeah, it's it's a good tune. I don't think it's the best song on the Brown album, but we'll talk about that. It, initially, my thought was that it was when I walked into this mm-hmm. from the beginning, and as I dug. I found songs I like better, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of good ones on this album actually. Yeah, so Jake hands with beef off of the Brown album, which is Jake's number eleven. That's Jake's number 11, Chicken Answer Beef. It's interesting that how expensive some of those special effects were in that video that they did. You know, yeah. when, they, when they changed themselves into flies yeah, and they flying were flying around, around and doing all the that. Trailer park. Back then, that was like, oh my gosh, can you do that? And now it's like, if you give me a picture of you, I can probably do that on my... Right, on my, in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot cheaper than the $100,000 or so that they were charged for doing that. That's your number 11, mm-hmm. Chicken Answer Beef off the Brown album. So what's number ten? My ten? No, I want my ten. Guess what oh, my ten we'll is? Go in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, of course, you're number ten. Mine is uh, it's off a of Frizzle Fry. Jumping uh, to an earlier album here, and this is to defy the laws of tradition. Nice. Yeah, this one, an early Primus song, I think, real definitive of them. Sure. Such heavy groove on this track. It's it's kind of like the, everyone's doing a solo at the same time and. It just kind of blends well together. I like the, the sections that drop down and builds again. It's just a, a good early Primus song. I love the dissonance as they enter that breakdown bridge area. It's so good. And, you know, the mm. song is a song they play all the time, right? Uh, I love the, the tacit after the solo. And it's like almost a fake ending that they have. And then they're like back into the verse. The bass only at the end with less singing out. And... It's a good tune. Uh, the Fight of the Law's Tradition, it didn't make my list, but it was very close. Mm. Uh, this is one of those songs that was on my list at one point, and like Julie's on Smack pushed it in. Yeah. You know, it would be in my 15. Yeah. It, it's that right, close, right, right. right? I need to represent some early Primus, and I think this one was one of the earlier ones that really was. Sure. Good, I mean, it was yeah. the first song on Frizzle Fry. I mean, mm-hmm. this is let off the album. And, and I find this is just my observation if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I almost, I want, I'm almost channeling last when I'm saying that. I, I feel I'm like, oh, no, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's my observation <laughs> that most of the songs that you will put on your top 12 list, if they're the lead off, lead off song on their original album or their biggest album, odds are mm-hmm. that song is going to be on the list. Well, what, this wasn't their first one. There was the no, well, suck on this live one. Yeah, but suck, but that, suck on this was kind of a. It was just kind of like a something they threw out there. Yeah, it wasn't their. But this is their first studio album. This right. is this is like okay, we're coming in, mm-hmm. and the first song that they really people would hear outside yeah, but of their. But there's something their, to their that, right? Of like, the, yeah. here, here's who we are. Yep. You're, you're, the first thing you're going to hear about us of us is this song. So we got to impress. So there's something about that first song. That kind of has to catch your attention, so, and this is it. Yeah, I love the. Uh, Let's start using this Carl Thompson bass mm-hmm. early on. He never really thought that that's what he'd be using, but he went in there and he fell in love with this thing. 
and he used it pretty much all the way through until he decided that he wanted to design his own base. Still uses it today. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see it in like most of the videos. The, the big horn on it, right? At yeah, the top. yeah, yeah. Great stuff. The groove is king in this song, and I can see why you like it as a mm-hmm. drummer. So anyway, the number ten song by Jake off of Frizzle Fry. It's to defy the laws of tradition. <laughs> All right, that was to defy the lost tradition. You know what's also just so impressive to think about is that he's he's playing these intricate bass lines while singing this weird stuff over it too. And it's that like, has always been what has most impressed me. Num- number one, if he did any one of the, well, maybe not the singing, but if just the bass playing alone is it's remarkable. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. It's but like, then the fact that he does the the vocal over that. It's just, yeah, it's, he's such an anomaly. You have him, like, Getty Lee and Flea, and that's pretty much yeah. it. But Flea plays it all on his own. Right. So, and, and Getty and, Lee is the only other person who does, like, the crazy yeah. bass lines. And, and he'll play, like, the foot and sing, yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, he'll play, like, other things on them. Mm-hmm. Getty Lee almost takes it to this next level. Yeah. That said, Last is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they were friends, too. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. When they toured with Rush, the first time he takes him, he goes, you want to go fishing? You want to go fishing on my boat? <laughs> yeah. and, and he goes, yeah. And then Getty says, yes. He's like, holy crap, Getty's I know, right? <laughs> and so he went on the boat, and they get it out there in the in the thing, and the boat dies. And he's the most embarrassed he's oh, ever been. Nice. So, you know, they had to get a tow in, and they were, like, stuck there. And he's like, crap, I have a place to go, and what's going on? Uh, and as soon as they got to a place where they docked, Getty was gone. Because <laughs> he had to get to where he had to be. And he was, like, so embarrassed. Oh, and, yeah. And, was... he, and he said Getty for years has just always, like, digging him on that, on his boat. And all <laughs> stuff. Uh, anyway. So, my number 10 is off of the Brown album. Yeah. And this is the song that Interscope said, which was their label at the time, said, this is your single that you want to have on Brown album. They're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. We just have Brain on this album. We can't have a softer song on here. We have to get a harder song. Let's just do Shake Hands with Beef. Let's do Shake Hands with Beef. We want, want that song on there. I'm like, no, no, we really want this song on there. And he goes, no, no, Shake Hands with Beef. Because it's got to be hard. You can't have a soft song. We don't want to make like this drummer soft. <laughs> and uh, even though he kind of played more Bonham-esque than, than Purd-esque. Like, uh, yeah, he had big him. bombastic drum sounds. Yeah, yeah uh, the song, and this is one of those, another one, that from all the live performances I saw, and I just fell in love with the song. Over the Falls. Yeah, I thought you were going to pick this one. Yeah. Good pick, yeah. And the 70s sound sort of in the intro, uh, so almost like a whipping post bass line, almost. Mm. Groove is infectious. The vocal delivery is great. I love the vocal inflection that Les does. And like, stood by and waited to be called. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. It's all about the promise of being a signed band and making it and going over the falls. Your, your signed band, okay, that's great. But then when are you going to hit? When are you going to break out? When are you mm-hmm. going to push that? And once you can push it, you kind of lose control. And so you're kind of over those falls. They blew all their money for their two videos on Shake Hands With Beef. So he's like, when we did the video for Over the Falls, he goes, it's one of my favorite videos. They went into his grandfather's garage and they filmed it, and they had this guy uh, making all of these things that people went over the falls with in Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. And they interspersed it with people actually going over the falls. Yeah, like those old uh, silent yeah. film uh, Yeah, but, it's not, yeah. but it's, literally people did this. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Some people live, some people die. It, it like, it's like this thing. It's like time. You know the falls, when the Niagara Falls, when they drop, you know how deep that water is? No. 175 feet. 
So by the time you hit that water, if you survive, right, the for you to know what way is up, a yeah. hundred feet down, <laughs> and everything's all around you, you could be swimming down instead of up. You don't know which way is up because you're all completely torn apart. So it's like there's hundreds of people who died doing that. And they used to, Idiots. they say that the there was a tribe that lived at the base of the falls by Niagara Falls, and they didn't hunt. They were kind of lazy because what happened is there'd be like deer and stuff that would fall into the falls and fall over, hmm. and they'd have all this food. <laughs> they would just, Smart. They'd just like, they'd land there, and then all of a sudden they'd have all these dead animals that would just fly down, this, yeah. uh, fly down the falls. Check out the video. It's kind of cool to see uh, them, the old video interspersed and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, It's kind of funny. You know this was about, not about going over the falls. If you start listening to the words, the quantity and quality of women they lied, <laughs> because yeah, the, you know they always say that you being a rock star, you're gonna have like all these ridiculously you know <laughs> tens and women throwing at you, and when you play some metal or some obscure alter- yeah. alternative rock, kind of music, and you're playing for so dudes, yeah, you're, you're not Def Leppard, yeah, you're not getting <laughs> that, you know. What I mean, it's just it's like it's, it's kind of funny. Anyway, my number 10, Over the Falls, off of the Brown album. Let's listen. Okay, that was Over the Falls, my number 10. And for zero dollars, can you guess my number nine is? Zero dollars? Nope. <laughs> My number nine is Mr. Crinkle off of Park Soda. <laughs> and by the way, I kind of teased this before. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Crinkle is about a person. And it's the fake name that this person used when they went on tour. He didn't use his real name. And it was, wasn't a member of Primus. It's a band that he went on tour with. And it's one of Jake Newkirk's <laughs> favorite bands. Who? Mike Borden is Mr. Oh. Crinkle. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were friends. Yeah. In the Bay. And, uh, and if you notice, there's a, Mike is a huge San Francisco Giants fan. And they were talking about moving the team. And they actually calls that out in the lyrics. And Mike hated that because they were talking about moving the team to like Tampa Bay or where in the oh. day. Right. And, <laughs> and it's all, you know, and they talked about, and there was when he took Mike on the boat. <laughs> And, you know, so it's like not only with, you know, I think he played with him when he was with Ozzy, too. So it was kind of interesting that, you know, Mike is just this person that he's always kind of liked. Anyway. That, we played percussion on that Sailing the Seas of Cheese, too. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he threw in on a couple things. Mm-hmm. The As you said, the video was, like, beautiful. And the man on fire, you know, there's a man on fire in the background mm-hmm. of the video. He could only do it legally, was allowed to do it three times. <laughs> and what happened is the slightest mess up they wanted to take this in one take yeah and there was so much going on if you watch the video take a second it's at at the end of this you know make sure you say take a note to yourself as soon as you listen to this podcast you get home you get comfortable you want (laughs) to come to our website and click the link as soon as one mess up happened they had to restart yep so that guy can only do three times, and they actually the third take is what you saw in the video. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, such pressure. I know. Because at the end, they're like, "We got to do this. This guy can't do it. We have to wait until tomorrow. And yeah. It's going to cost us a ridiculous amount of money to do that." 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. So And his wife's in it too, right? She's a, one of the twins. I think she uh I yeah. know that she was one of she's a twin and then there's a cameo real quick there. Yeah, but, it's like I said, it's just and so much going si- on. And in this his video. twin sister is in there too. They play the Shining Girls. Les was always upset about this video because he got said pretty much no airtime on MTV. Oh, I know, and he he put so much into it. You yeah. can tell. I mean, this is one of those videos that the production, everything in there, you're like a lot went into this, and then to have it a couple plays on MTV. Yeah, he said he, he says he got played like six times. Yeah, but the, it's interesting that if you watch the video, and I've watched it a couple times, that. What needed to be done that wasn't done, like if you think about some of their other videos where they're in prosthetic, you can see their yeah. mouths move. Like the Crinkle video, because they wanted to get the wide shot of everything happening. Mm-hmm. He's actually singing and he's in the full yeah, prosthetic. Suit. <laughs> yeah, but his mouth is moving. Sure. That's just not noticeable. It's almost like it's a voiceover. So I guess that maybe didn't push what buttons need to be pushed yeah, but for still, i know it's one of those things too it's primus so it's already weird the video itself is just a little bit off so it makes sense i guess you never know with mtv what's gonna hit and what it won't but especially around that time like primus would play on headbangers ball and yeah. it would play on the alternative one 120 minutes 120 minutes and it would be it would be on both because they didn't know where to play again it. yeah once again good primus is, is is good but they it's kind of weird to find a home anyway let's listen to mr crinkle my number nine Okay, that's my number nine, uh, Mr. Crinkle. So, Jake, uh, you, we need your number nine and your number eight. It would be uh, wonderful. Let me uh, refer to my list here. Okay, here we go. This one might be debatable. Let's see what you think about this one. My number nine is one of the more recognizable songs, especially if you are in line at the DMV. <laughs> uh, but it's That's called good DMV. Good tune. Very cool tap bass line. Who can deny that part of it? I think the riff gets tired, though, throughout the song, which has always been my complaint that, again, maybe it's a little bit too long. But it doesn't take away from the fact that that tap baseline is just super cool and yeah for me this is this once again i think this was in my 15 but it didn't make my 12 oh no well, no it was really close oh, uh interesting i've been to hell and i spell it dmv yeah that's, I spell it, that's I, all you I, need you know, for the song anybody who anybody who's been there precisely knows precisely what, what I, mean. I mean it's true yeah <laughs> anything else on dmv you're good nope okay let's say your dmv off a of pork soda <laughs> Okay, that's DMV. Jake's number nine. So what do we got, Ed? Number eight, if you're not too light. I am at number eight. Okay, we're wrapped. This one's off of the Antipop album, actually. Really? Okay, cool. cool Which cool, cool. I also own on CD and uh, enjoyed. And this one's called... There was actually two songs on this album that I wanted to throw in here, and this was the only one that, that rose above. It's called Lacquerhead. Okay. I think... There's something about it, it kind of had that classic sound of Primus that you wanted to hear, especially around 1998 or 99, whenever this came out. Heavy, funky, quirky. That one and Antipop was standout tracks, but I, I remember listening to this album over and over in my car on the, my Discman. For me, you know, which is <laughs> the other one that lays, lies in my 15. Yeah. It's not Lockerhead. It's not Antipop. It's the best song on the album. 
Coattails? No. Oh. It's Eclectic Electric. Oh, and this yeah. is from a guitar player. Yeah, and just because Hetfield is on it. It's Hetfield and, and, and Jim Martin are yeah. both on there. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a Floyd type of feel. That is through, a, through, yeah. through the entire song. That's my notes on that song is very Pink Floydish. You could tell it's it's absolutely dripping with Floyd. Uh, uh, yeah, it's totally Floyd sort of space and yeah. But anyway, let's not go on. But that's but, another great song too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's really good. But a uh, lacquerhead, uh, Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit produced mm-hmm. it. And, co-produced, yeah, yeah, co-produced. But the uh, anti-pop album. It's the first time that Les went to Interscope. He says, what should we do here? I have no idea what we should yeah. do. And they're like, screw you. You should know what you're doing. you got to get your act together, Les. Because you've always had your, you know, it yeah. got kind of hard. And this was like the swan song, what everybody thought was the swan song to Primus. And it kind of was. Yeah. When it kind of hit. And they had all these people come in. I mean. There's a lot of guests. Even like Matt Stone, the South Park guy, right? Was yeah, he, he did he Natural did Joe. Produce, yeah, so. did Natural Joe, and and which I don't know. I felt like this album was kind of directionless at and, times. And they had Morello in there. Yeah, and on had, a few tracks. Yeah, for two. So there's a, a ton, a ton of guests on this, but I don't know. It, it seems like sometimes it, it feels like it's not them, not Primus, but also at the same time, it's it does, and it it's one of it actually has a lot of good songs on it, which is more I can say for a lot of the other. The and other some albums. of the songs are. It's really? like, 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 of, like Dirty Drowning Man, good songs Dirty Drowning Man, than, uh, like, like, it's like, hey, let's pretend I'm Kurt Cobain in the chorus. Oh, wait, Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler does sex sounds in there. Let's do that. And let's do that. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah. I was like, it was no, so bad. That's a good point. I think vocally, this is the album where I was kind of like, what is going on? It, it's almost seemed like he was trying to be, to cover himself. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like Les Claypool singing. It seemed a little forced. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe what was and the and the other one I just want to mention of Antipop because I'm not going to talk about Antipop the rest of this podcast. Oh, that's too bad. Is Greet the Sacred Cow, which oh, I, yeah. I, I I quite like that tune. song. Uh-huh. That was actually originally on my 12, and good. it moved. It's probably like my 16. This is a really good day. album. Yeah, yeah, it's another one I have on CD that I bought at the and, time. And, and it's interesting. It's like when I first I'm like, you know what? This is like this doesn't sound like Primus. It's a blah blah blah. But right. Lacquerhead and Antipop. To your point, Antipop, uh, the, the I, intro to that is just like it's, it's super it's, big it's, and epic. You know, you get the virtuosity that the instrumentalists are playing in that song, from the yes. drummer to the bassist to, to everybody. Yeah, Antipop is just fantastic. It's very, it's funny that Antipop has pop overtones. <laughs> Well, that's that, the irony, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, that, that was probably why I didn't like it. But if you take Lacquerhead, Antipop, Eclectic Electric, and Greet the Sacred Cow, which are four in a row. What about Coattails of a Dead Man? That's a yeah. cool, like, old-timey. I don't like Coattails If you like Over that. the Falls, it, it's almost like the same kind of uh, song, the old-timey piratey song. It was so long, and there was never any Waits. change. To feel. I know Tom Waits did it, and I, I, I granted, okay. Uh, and the it guy was, sounds it, like he it was, eats it, cigarettes. It sounded like a <laughs> Halloween theme track. It's like this dirge, and it just kind of went. And I was like, <laughs> no. You know, it's, first, I liked it initially, but it didn't move. Everybody loves the song. I'm like, no, dude, that's just a bad song. <laughs> so anyway, it's just it's my take. Anyway, lacquer and, and, and some people it's like some heavy stuff. Some people like the uh, the Halloween sort of. I, I feel like it's more of a pirate old timey pub song, but yeah. it's it's a pirate Halloween. People dress like pirates on Halloween. And stuff like that. Okay, let's let's jump into Lacquerhead. Is definitely one of those songs yeah. that obviously it was a number one single, so it obviously right. stood out. And I think because Fred Durst kind of, like you said, he I think he urged them to get back to the heavier classic Primus sound, which you can kind of hear. But but at the same time, this sounds like different than classic Primus. This is 
heavier, more modern. I don't know, because new metal was hitting at this time, obviously, yeah. you know, with Limp Biscuit and Corn and all that stuff. So it just seemed to be like if you put Primus right in the middle of 1998, 99, then, and this is like, but, what it's, they but did. it's funny. You listen to Les and Lur, and they're like, Dude, we haven't played anything from Antipop. Yeah, this album they don't touch. They yeah. don't touch because it's yeah. kind of like this is when they were breaking up. This is when yeah, all this tense. bad stuff uh-huh. was happening. And it's like, it's like, hey, we left mm. their best song to this guy from Limp Biscuit, and what's happened to Limp Biscuit? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what's going on? Hey, they're still the, around. They're playing. Yeah, I'm sure, but <laughs> I don't, I don't hate Limp Biscuit. I don't, I, I don't hate Limp Biscuit either. <laughs> For the time, they were good, but it's like that kind of moved and yeah. it went away. And yeah, you probably don't want to take career advice from vendors. Yeah, <laughs> but especially uh, if you're less capable. They got banned on MTV for the song. Yeah. They wouldn't play it because of the topic. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it was because it, it, sure. because they didn't want kids to start. You yeah, know, huffing. Yeah, huffing and people dying. And if you listen to the but lyrics, it's such a great tune. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's really good. And there's and the video's great. They have that claymation thing going mm-hmm. on. The story. It's a bleak picture for young people who are addicted to this sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like talking about people in a coma. Talking about. You know, keep on sniffing till your brain goes pop, sniffing till your yeah. brain goes pop, and all that stuff. It's just sort of... But like I said, storytelling. It's like the Jilly song. It's like, yeah, a lot of these songs have dark, real meaning and stories to them of actual people, but it's interpreted through a story. But Yeah, uh, it's sad that the people actually do this sort of thing. Right? No, like, you know, get people a real drug kill. You know, but, but, <laughs> no, seriously, it would be a lot safer than doing that. Yeah. People die and go into comas right. and yeah, stupid paint and mm. fumes. And, oh my gosh. Anyway, let's listen to the Lacquerhead. Uh, Jake's number eight. Yeah, rock out. Don't be a That was Jake's number eight. Lacquerhead. Lacquerhead. Off of Andy Pop. In 1999, Fred Durst. Loving the live biscuit. That's what it was. Tell you what. Yep, 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 yep. All right. All right. Let me jump into my number eight. Or eight. I like to say eight. <laughs> Especially with the one I'm going to say at eight. <laughs> uh, my number eight is off of sailing the seas of green cheese. Uh-huh. And you have to say, sir, when you talk to me, boy. Uh-huh. Sergeant Baker is my number eight. It's more of a traditional baseline in the beginning with like the multiple stops and and then less moves to like that more aggressive groove on bass as it moves along. A lot of people think about Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket on this song. But I, I think of Louis Gossett Jr. from An Officer and a Gentleman, because he's the first one who said, steers and queers. Yeah, that was a great line. Steers and queers, it's all, where yeah. you come from, it's just steers and queers. Uh-huh. And I don't see no horns, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and it was later said in the Film Metal Jacket movie as well. So a lot of people think it was from that. Yeah. But it, and it may have been from that, from Les's point of view. There's, there's great lyrics in this one in particular, especially, yeah, the got too much dignity for your own good boy and all these uh it's just it's it's classic yeah and it's a, a friend of Les's was ex-military he used to tell him all these stories and that's where the song kind of came up from and he made this character of sergeant baker as a picture of all of not only the the movies but the real life drill instructors that his friend told him about yeah, strip you all of your integrity, make you all a bit like me. But the whole point is that if there's a war going on mm-hmm. and the man in charge, which is the sergeant, the lieutenant, the captain, the general, 
says to do something that they don't get any feedback because they see something that you don't a lot of the times. Yeah. And if you go and question them at that point, you're going to stop and you're going to get killed. So I guess that's kind of why they do that. But uh, just kind of shout out to all your military folks out there mm-hmm. and uh, understand that we understand the reason why this stuff happens. And if you're a drill sergeant and you have to do this to people, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, any thoughts on otherwise? Uh, a little bit later, probably. A little bit later, maybe? Okay. Here is my number eight. Here's Sergeant Baker. Okay, that's my number eight. Sergeant Baker. Good song. Is my name. Okay. My number seven, I guess I'm up to seven too. And this is off of Frizzle Fry. I think it's the first song that Les Claypool ever wrote. It's called Too Many Puppies. And I know Jake's rolling his eyes because I'm at number seven. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a heavier sound for them. Strong progression, and it works as the hook for the song. The bass almost sounds like a knock at the door as the back end kind of kicks off. The song is about like soldiers serving their masters, but they're so young, they're really puppies. He's seen all these people go off to war and pretty much just his age. And this is, this is from the book that I read. And this is Les Claypool, I'm quoting him. He goes, this is my thinking at the time. How can I write a song like War Pigs or something like that that is really against the war and the notion of war and how the establishment is always sending the young man to die under the pretense of freedom in the name of oil or to that extent. So that's what he thought about when he was writing this song. Mm. I kind of joke and say, how many puppies are too many puppies? Come on, they're so cute. Look at the puppies. (laughs) (laughs) You can never have enough puppies. (laughs) That's right. It's like, ooh, there's five. Six is just too many puppies. throw another one in. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything else to add now? No, you know, surprisingly, this song... It's kind of important, but it's never been on high on my list, okay. particularly. So it, not to give it away, but it's sure. not even on my no, list. No, no, no. That's, yeah. co- that's cool to say. But like, I get I why before, it would yeah. be. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's one of those ones, like, I had friends who this was, like, a big a big song for them. But, yeah, it's heavy. I mean, I like the, the heavy parts when it was kind of coming in, like I said. The sure. Subject matter where less is great at taking a, a topic and applying it to something else that you can't really connect, obviously. But good tune. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it kind of... His first song ever written, I kind of thought that it needed to be. I didn't know it was his first brought, song. Yeah, written. to brought forward and and this kind of really helped them be signed actually, because this kind of got a little traction early on. So anyway, uh, here's too many puppies off of Frizzle Fry, my number seven. <laughs> Jake didn't put it on his list. <laughs> he is wrong. <laughs> he didn't put it on his list. <laughs> didn't put the song. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's try that again. I'll be good this time. Okay, let's go. Too many puppies. Okay, that's my number seven. Too many puppies, which is really more than two. I think any more than two is too many puppies. 
off of Frizzle Fry in 1990. That was my number seven. And you're listening to Easy Listening Radio. And now we're up to Jake's number seven. I'm up. Jake, what is your number seven? <clears throat> Jake's what's your number seven? seven? What do you got? It's off Sailing the Seas of Cheese. The Seas of Cheese? This is... Uh, By the way, it is the best Yeah, it is the album, best Primus album. Primus album ever. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm glad we at least established Yes, we that do. Part. Yeah, that's no pretty much... the top 12 is... Anybody, if you need to buy an LP, if you're like, jump into this I, I need a vinyl album to buy, and I want to have Primus on it, <laughs> Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And they actually have... If you is ever, ever want to do a, uh, a Blu-ray, they did a awesome uh surround sound atmos thing with this song where they took it and they manually moved some of the notes yeah to come from different areas when they did it so on blu-ray yeah on blu-ray you can get this you get the sailing seas of cheese on blu-ray and it's completely surround sound and they really mess with it and but they have it, so you're supposed to listen, sit in the middle, and listen to it. And it's different from the everything that's else you've heard. Yeah, yeah. So the, they were, they did a whole big thing on it, but oh, let's do uh, But the audio for <laughs> uh, for Blu-ray didn't really catch on as much as people thought they did. And, and Primus was one of those bands that they did a DVD ROM album. Yeah, they, I remember all they, the they the did all the CD stuff that they would do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they they tried to push the limit on mm-hmm. every new technology to jump. Sometimes they were on it. Stuck, it yeah. Sometimes it didn't. But yeah. yeah. That's right. the nature of it. So it's on Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Yeah, so it's about... Um, I have funny uh, songs 13 about... guesses. Oh, what do you think? It's one of 13, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, start with your number. No, just kidding. Uh, it's okay. talking about the working class. It's those damn blue car tweakers. Nice. Um, This is uh, just a fun tune. And this is your number so seven, right? It is seven, yeah. Okay. Lots of uh, the soft, heavy, dynamic kind of changes there. Um. Really, just love those the great stomp heavy parts that that are in there. Um, it's simple, but just a great baseline. No, it's it's great. Hi, yeah. Um, <laughs> Les's vocal delivery on this is just killer. Mm-hmm. That might be what makes the, the the track. And Les, when he was talking, and I won't go too much into this now, but I'll go into it now, I guess. Uh, Les recalled how he was working as a carpenter for a while. And the older guys tried to keep up with the younger guys, and yeah. they did that by doing meth mm-hmm. and yeah, it's basically and drinking a load of coffee, yeah, and had these damn blue collar tweakers, mm-hmm. you know, running this town, backbone of this town, uh, yeah, because it's just they kind of get it, and mm-hmm. it gets sort of like a machine gun emulation with the drums coming into that bass solo, which I kind of like a lot, uh, yeah. and, and it's so weird that there's so much of Primus that has the bass solo more than. Even Lur's solos, it's more yeah, like... it's true. It's reversed. It's kind of that thing where, like, the the guitar is adding a little bit of that rhythm or texture behind the bass, which is the prominent thing. And yeah, it's just... and it's it's sort of... It, it's kind of... Yeah, like, your point is, like, the Lur is locking in with the drummer. <laughs> yeah. And and the bass is playing yeah. the, it takes the role of the lead guitar. Yeah, 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 everything that you know about it, it kind of throws out the window and reinvents in their approach, and yeah. it works. Yeah. So, anyway, those... Damn blue collar tweakers. Yeah. That's what I always say. Those tweakers. You have to. Those damn blue collar yeah. tweakers. You, know? you got to call them that. You know, you have the white collar tweakers. Those guys are cool, but the damn the blue, blue collar tweakers. Yeah. yeah, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, here's number, uh, what number is this? Seven? Yes. <laughs> 
seven for Jacob Newkirk's number seven off of uh, Shelling the Seas of Cheese. And keep these fellows down, cause these times of college drinkers, they're running this year, cow. Okay. That's Jake's number seven. Those damn blue collar twinkers. Twinkers. <laughs> I said twinkers. What twinkies. the hell? What the hell's twinker? Blue I don't even twinkies. know what a twinker is. I know what a twinkies is. <laughs> I don't know what a tweakers is. I don't know what a twinkies is. I don't know either. I <laughs> stand here beside myself. Number five is alive. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm standing here beside myself. <laughs> That's my favorite line from that movie. Anyway, go. Go up. What am I doing? I don't freaking know, man. Uh, number Me? six. I'm on six? Number oh, okay. six. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I think your time is to do a six. Here's one from Tales from the Punch Bowl. Tales from the Punch Bowl. Back to 1995. Are you doing like what I think you're doing? Probably because uh, this album I don't like very much except for this song. So you can probably guess what it is. It's Winona's Big Brown oh, Beaver. Okay, cool. Um, but you're I nuts, but cool. I know, I know you had it higher up. I know that you uh, would. I don't know. No, I don't. don't I have but even, I'm not this even is, on my list. It's a fine think. example of what an eccentric band this is. Because if you think about what this, what's going on, it's like country funk. If you really look at like dissect what's happening in the song, there's the, uh, obvious double entendre with the, the beaver part, but I um, don't explain that to me. <laughs> we'll Google it later. No. Uh, but if, the, if, what, if, I always love was like the the kick drum on this is just like that. It's just busy. It's it's these like little tiny nuances that just set this band apart from any what anyone else might approach the song to do. If I didn't hear drums on the song and someone said to play this, I would not do what what he did, and that's a shame. So yeah, this is a great tune. Like I, we've talked about that video before. It's just super fun and like the the video the plastic and, suits and, and the, it, oh, it's so fantastic. Yeah. If you haven't seen the video from Winona's Big Brown Beaver, uh, check it out. Uh, the film was shot twenty five percent slower slow, than normal yeah. at eighteen frames per second instead of twenty four. Because so there's they, no way they could play that. So they moved slower suits, through. Yeah. So with those big suits. And they sped it up. That makes it jerky to look like the cartoon type of yeah. thing. And it's just so amazing. And uh, uh, Dave uh, Perner, who was a solo asylum singer, was dating uh, Winona Ryder at the time. So he changed the, uh, he renamed one of his songs to Les Claypool as an effing a-hole. <laughs> what? Why? In concert because he thought that Winona really thought that the song was about, oh, yeah, about her. It, but it wasn't. But I can it see wasn't. why you might think. And so. it's spelt differently. It's everything. Totally. There's a Y right in there or something. Yeah. If yeah. it's if it's Winona, it would probably be Winona the country singer, right? Yeah, because it's more of a country song. And, and it's a... kind of spelt like that, too. And But mm-hmm. Winona the country singer thought it was funny. Winona Judd, right? Yeah, Winona yeah. Judd. I always think of, uh, what was it, uh, Police Squad? Or what, what's those movies? Uh, Naked Gun. Academy? Naked Gun. Oh. You've seen Naked Gun? Yeah, with, uh, Le- with Pris- Leslie. Yeah, with Leslie Nielsen and yeah. Priscilla Presley Yeah, in the first one. Uh-huh. And they, she's walking up, and she goes up to the top. She's climbing up the ladder, and Leslie's at the bottom. He goes, hey, nice beaver. <laughs> and then she pulls down a stuffed beaver. <laughs> he goes, yes, I just had it stuffed. It's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's that sort of thing. Like like uh, Claypool and such. They they Double had a, uh, yeah, But the problem with this song is like people thought that they were a joke band. Yeah. I after mean, this is their biggest song ever. So. This is their biggest song ever. At at the time, they were like, oh gosh, what are we doing? Why is this the song that hit? Because the video was amazing. Is number one. And they were kind of worried about it. They love it now. It just it was. They took a little time. They had that little artistic kind of <laughs> moment. Where it's like. Oh no, this is the song we're going to be known for right now. <laughs> they get the joke about the beaver. All right, let's listen to Jake's number, whatever, 35, whatever he's calling it. Six. Six, okay, six. It's close enough. Okay, that's Jake's number six. They um, Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Do they still have seven layer burritos at Takama? I think they do. I don't know. I haven't been to Takama in a while. That's a dangerous thing to to reference pop culture when it may not be uh, something seven, on the menu se- anymore. Seven layer burritos. They used to be. I remember. Uh, but as I said, I haven't been there in a year, maybe. To Takama? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it's like because um, yeah. it reminds me of there was an insane clown posse song where he references a Cholito and that was the thing I'd talk about, but they don't have that on the menu anymore. But insane class clown posse is just kind of, uh, they're, they're their own obscurity that they're kind of fine. They're yeah. gone with the Cholito. Yes, they're gone. Yes, they are. They were back in the same time. They're in that time warp. They're in that well, alternate universe careful. that, that, uh, you know, all those people talk about. If you're, if you're going to write a song, uh, with fast food menu items, make sure that <laughs> it's Big it's Mac. It's going to stay there. Yeah, Big Mac has yeah. always been there. Give it a few years before you write a song. And in fact, it's probably the same Big Mac you talked about in the year that was created. That year <laughs> will be around thirty-five years later. Not a Cholito. Yes, no Cholito. It should be. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? What's with the war on Cholitos? That's what I want to say. <laughs> I say we should impeach a war on impeach some Cholitos. Yeah, make a shirt. There you go. I'll wear that. Oh, anyway. All right. My number six is off a of pork soda. Mm-hmm. It's a tale of murder between two tweakers. Hmm. Uh, it's my name is Mud off a of pork soda. Good for you. My, my number six. <laughs> Deep bass in the beginning is kind of slow. The drums are just pretty amazing uh, as the bass during the verse. It just kind of carries it. It's really good. The vocal delivery is just less. And uh, it fits right in with the rhythm. Uh, it's hard to not see the video when, every time I hear this. Yeah, totally. My name is Mud. Spitting his chew. There was a saying in the olden days that my name is Mud and it meant a bunch of things, but it really, in the United States, became a thing during the Lincoln assassination. And this is deep, deep moments with Rob. History. History, fun. Uh, John Wilkes Booth had just shot Lincoln, Mm -hmm. and he was escaping, but he was wounded. So he got fixed up by a Dr. Samuel Mudd. How did he get wounded? I don't know. Running away, jumping on the stage, running out the door, oh, whatever. Yeah, someone, right? yeah. And uh, he had to get patched up and hand out, send on his way. And uh, this doctor, Samuel Mudd, patched him up and sent him. And he got uh, he got arrested for uh, conspiracy for murder. And his name was Mudd. So 
that sort of got that saying that was an Seriously? older an older thing. That's where they came from. Uh, in the United States, there it had been in England a little bit longer, but it didn't really mean the same thing. And once he got it, it was an old saying that kind of took root with his name. And it's like, my name is Mud. That like, here's this great doctor who everybody loves and had all these accolades. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he did this thing that was outside of the scope of what uh-huh. people thought was something they should do, his name is Mud, and nobody would ever really work for anything. He actually got arrested and. Charter trees oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I thought it was just kind of like a, a self-deprecating kind of a statement. But no, no, it's a, it's a literally it comes from Samuel Mudd. Uh, there's a sample from the file from the Deliverance. It's like where, where are you, you going, going city boy? boy? I love that too. Yeah, <laughs> I say it all the time. Not everyone notices, but. and I and I love that. I had a spat, so I kissed him across the cranium with that aluminum, aluminum baseball, baseball bat. bat. <laughs> That's a classic line. A great song, my number six off of Park Soda. My name is Mud. Okay, that's my name is Mud. My number six off of Park Soda. Okay, my number five. Is a song that Jake mentioned not too long ago, but it was more than two. It was more than one away from what I said, so it was close. Mm. Uh, off of sailing the seas of, of cheese, tweakers. Those damn blue collar yeah. tweakers. Ah, uh, yeah. So I love his vocal delivery. I love the guitar with the siren in the beginning. Mm. I love the tweaker characters that they show on screen when they play this live. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty freaking awesome. That's pretty much it. We kind of talked about this before. I don't think I'm going to go into too much new stuff here. Great intro, first verse, when they come off the chorus, it just really picks up. The hook gets really catchy on the guitar and the bass riff. Damn Blue Cloud Tweakers, uh, number five. Have you ever seen them live? This is a song that you kind of leave from, and this is like one of those highlights mm-hmm. of whatever show you see them live. So, Damn Blue Cloud Tweakers, my number five. <laughs> Tweakers. Number five. Very good. Uh, off of Sailing the Seas group of cheese. God <laughs> damn. No, I know that was 99 and 1. I think that was damn. I didn't know. Damn blue collar tweakers. <laughs> All right, Jake. What you got over there at number five? Number five is one that you already mentioned. It's uh, Sergeant <laughs> Baker. Oh, nice. Pretty close. What was yours? What was your Sergeant Baker? My Sergeant Baker was eight. So, okay. I mean, oh, okay. once again, it's kind of like Dan Blue Collar Tweakers. Yeah. Kind of, kind of close to yeah, the yeah, same yeah, space. Totally. Yeah, I just love the, the, the march, the kind of the right, the left, when it's kind of kicking in right there at that point. Um, insane polyrhythmic drums in this. Really it's really weird, like, for me, as having done that sort of thing, as I said, once again, this is not Army. I was, I have asthma, so I didn't quite make the Army. <laughs> As much as I tried, actually. Um, but the uh, when I was in CIP, they, they, when we did bivouacs at, uh, at some of the Air, Air Force bases and stuff, it was always left and then right. And it's funny that oh. he was right and then left in, in oh, his yeah. cadence. It's just kind of... The well, clearly, Les hasn't been uh, Yeah, I don't think Les was ever been in the military. military yeah. But uh, anything else? You got it? No. Just, All right. Uh, 
Solid number five. Solid number five. No, it's a great tune. I, I'm totally with you. In fact, I think this was my number five at one point. And when I thought about it, I realized how wrong I was at putting it at number five. <laughs> and I pushed it down that range. Well, there you go thinking again. I know. I know. Researching and spending time and the stuff. I know it's hard. <laughs> Sergeant Baker. That's Jake's number five. Number five. So what do you got? Number four. We're jumping into the we're jumping into the deep waters. We're getting into it, yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Number four. Four is uh Sailing Seas of Cheese. And okay. it is Jerry was a race car driver. Okay, this uh it's close enough that I'm gonna I was gonna say it. it's probably we're getting close enough uh, yeah, to where this has this, to be. This is my number three. Okay. So it's it's four and three, so it's it was close, close to it, number it, three. It was for me. one, yeah, yeah. Good, good. All right. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's such a weird tapped bass line. Like it, it doesn't sound musical at all, but it it kind of works. Yep. I love the really heavy thrashy part of the song. Yeah, it's just it's primus. It's such a weird song, but it works. And, after uh, after verse three, where the cool the drums have that really cool grooves after like the like it was kind of truncated sort of, and it's just like and they get well, that's great. I love the dissonant, almost slightly dissonant lick that they have running. And when you start with that, it's kind of like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And uh, the vocal delivery, I love I love the different effects on the guitar after the solo. Uh, Les Claypool said, I had this image of this guy I knew in high school who would race around. He was one of the guys that always wanted to mm. be a cop. I'm not saying this about all cops, but there's certain factors for individuals who want to be a cop that get picked on when they were younger and just need to be in the position of authority. So I'll show them sort of thing. And this guy was one of those guys. He had sent up. He had semi-hopped up his family car that his parents had given him that he used to race around and do stupid things like burnouts in the jack-in-the-box parking lot where a teenager's hanging about. He almost wiped somebody out every time. He was just one of those guys. So that's where I got this image of Jerry, the race car driver. He ex- expanded from there because Jerry, he never did win any checkered flags, but he never came in last. He was a sort of mediocre mm-hmm. race car driver. Of course, in the end, he gets drunk and wraps himself the in a telephone call. Yeah. The second verse, the firefighter that he's talking about is Les's, I think his grandfather or something, who uh, had to retire earlier than he expected and stuff like that. So the snippet, the, the word, the dog, will, dog hunt, will hunt, is from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Mm-hmm. So, by Chop Tom Sawyer. <laughs> he's really good at bringing in these like, creepy one-liners. Oh, it's great. And the video is great when he has like uh, Bob Cock and all those, uh, you know, you, you know the character they have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob C. Cock. I'm sorry, just didn't want to make it sound sexual because <laughs> not at all. It's it's kind of this uh, character they roll through all their stuff. So this is my number three and Jake's number four, uh, which is close enough for yeah. me to mention in the same breath. Uh, Jerry is a race car driver off of sailing the seas of. That was Jerry's the race car driver. My number three and Jake's number four. So I'm going to be up next with my number four. 
And my number four is off of Frizzled Fry. And it's probably what your number three is, my guess. I have no, no idea. I bet you it is. Or maybe it's your number one or whatever. No. But whatever. My number four is uh, John the Fisherman. Oh, wow. No, it oh. didn't make my list. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. It was close. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I got it. Uh, Frizzle Fry. Uh, drum beat grabs you, and the engine noise is made by the bass. Really cool. Short riff at the beginning flows into the main riff. Love it. The nasally sort of delivery of Les when he does this sort of thing, it's great. Mm-hmm. Interesting story of the song. Chorus is catchy. It's almost a pop feel over just amazing instrumental virtuosity. The video has people playing on the boat and yeah. hidden in there, which you Kirk can't Hammett. really see is Kirk Hammett's in there, who they went to, he went to school with. He was in chemistry He's class. Buddies with Les. This is actually a true story that Les, when he was lived in San Francisco, there was this news story about this fisherman who was out in San Francisco Bay right by the Golden Gate Bridge. And he got hit by a barge. In the news story, there was this clip that actually played audio from the guy on the boat. Say, oh my God, it's going to hit us. And then it goes static. And that's where the thought of this came from. It's like, what's that guy's story? What's his, you know, here's a guy who lived his life Uh, as a fisherman and he got killed. I just thought Les is a big fisherman, a big fan. And so he just, because it's like, there's like four different, you know, it's like an anthology or something. These, well, uh, well, there's the Fisherman Chronicles, so I don't know if John the yeah. Fisherman was one of them, but the story of this one is actually a true story, and that's why it hit his home to last, because he is a fisherman. Yeah, he loves fishing. And he has a fisherman boat, and he loves going out, and he just yeah. loves doing that. And taking Russia out on the Yeah, water. and Russia getting, <laughs> you know, stuck in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Although it was on Frizzle Fry, this was a song that was old yeah, school, yeah. and it was Todd Hoth. Yeah, this was back uh, on the Sausage was, EP, or the yeah. demo that they did. Yeah, so and this was redone, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the Todd wrote the guitar parts mm-hmm. that were dead. So it's actually based on a true story, which is kind of scary. And so, oh my God, it's going to hit us. It's, that's true. Was that in the lyrics? Yeah. I feel like I didn't. Yeah, yeah, he I need to go read these lyrics again. You, you got to mention, yeah, it's, it's like, that's part of it. So John the Fisherman, off uh, my number four, off of Frizzle... Fry. All right, that was number four. Uh, my number four, uh, John the Fisherman, uh, off of sailing the seas of cheese. And now, Jake, you are up, my friend, with number three, because my number three we already talked about, so, uh, which was Jerry's the race car driver, and uh, Jake, what do you got? What is your number three? three. And I'm sure we're going to double up soon. I don't know. This is where, okay, it's going to get interesting. Uh, well, I'm sure one of the songs we're going to double up at one point. One of them. One of them. But is. this is where I had hopes, and I'm hoping this is still on your list somewhere, because it happened last time. It was a soundtrack song. And it was off the Beavis and Butted Experience. Really? I don't know if you had that CD, but a friend of mine and I would listen to it all the time. And it's called Poetry and Prose. I missed this one. This is one I missed. Oh, no, no. Okay. And and I probably had it. Yeah, because it's one of those ones that I I had it on. Yeah, I I pulled it off of the CD because there was like Anthrax. There's a bunch of different like Cher was on this, (laughs) this album. It was really weird. But we would always go and listen to the song over and over. And Beavis and Bud at the end have this dialogue where like it has an instrumental, and then they're just like 
having banter like they usually do. <coughs> but it's like, such, yeah, it's such like this. It's such a funky, nasty kind of baseline, and um, yeah, it's just I listen to this one all the time. Funny lyrics and it talks about like ain't one for poetry, ain't one for prose. Is this your three, right? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, there's for a so, second I thought it was your number two. I was like. No, well, yeah, well, I mean, well, it's kind of out of mind was. anyway. Out of three, but okay, that's well, yeah. It's, so she improves. It's uh, it, it's just one of the the opening line where she's Mephisto and Kevin's my number one. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna change it up. Damn it! It's gonna be all these cartoon. That's shows. I mean. I had a feeling for some reason. I thought that because we're kind of hip to the soundtracks and the sort of like the the off album songs. It's I funny. Thought... It's funny. I have. Beavs and Butthead to America, but it don't yeah. have the Beavs and Butthead experience. The experience, yeah. And this was one, like I said, it was a little bit different, um, and it was before the movie, the soundtrack, but this one was, uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, it talks about them, like the different channels and stuff. I just remember it, it's a great tune. Good good tune. We need a chick. Yeah. <laughs> we need a chick who's cool. Yeah. <laughs> a chick who doesn't fuck. <laughs> uh, no, wait a minute. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Oops, wrong song. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, that made my day. <laughs> Jake wins, by the way. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I complete, I was looking for it, but it's so hard to find. I tell you what, like if you forget the name of the album that yeah. it's on, you can never find it. Like You type Primus in, you will never, ever yeah, find Yeah, you have to already know. You have to know it was Beavis and Butthead, but it's before, a Beavis yeah. and Butthead experience. Oh, man. You nailed it. I mean, I remember as soon as you started playing, I was like, oh, my gosh. I totally remember that. Yeah. But I didn't make my list, and it was because I completely missed it. It's easy to and do. I, and I, I know. Dar- and I'm like, Jake wins. Jake wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was your number three, right? My number three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three was Jerry's a race car driver. So what's your number two, my friend? My number two is off of this awesome thing that was like, remember remember the Waterboy soundtrack? From like, uh, yeah, basically Adam Sandler. You know, remember when the Primus played that song where they were talking about the water <laughs> or mud? <Yeah>. My <laughs> name is Water. The thing is, Boy. yeah, when you said my name is Mud earlier, I was like, I get it because I wanted to put this song lower. I yeah. didn't, for some reason, I was like, it doesn't need to be number one or two, but. It, maybe it does, yeah. and, and so I kind of did okay. that battle back and forth, and so it ended up it ended up being number two, um, just because it's a standout track. I think this is one of those ones like where you, you hear this one, it's like this is Primus's like definitive their song. The bass sound just grabs your attention as soon as you hear that sort of intro. It's just what what set them apart, I think, to to most of the listeners. So that being said, I wanted to put it lower, but it is my number two. My name is Mud. Yeah, and by the way, I looked at my notes a little bit more clearly mm-hmm. when you were talking, uh, and it was because John Wilkes Booth, when he jumped on the stage after he shot Lincoln, uh, broke his ankle. Oh, that makes sense. And then he, he had a half ticket set, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know any of this story. Yeah, so it's interesting. All history, right. huh? History. History is amazing, I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you that right now. 
I don't care who you are. <laughs> That's funny yeah, stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make this clean. That was a clean edit, by the way. <laughs> clean um, totally clean. I'm clean. Mr. Clean, they used to call me. <laughs> Senor Limpio. Senor Clean. <laughs> My name is Clean. My name is Clean. Most of you said, my, my, my name is clean. Anyway, here's Jake's number two. My name is Mud. My name is Mud because I put that song way too damn high. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, by the way, the book that I was mentioning before is uh, Primus Over the Electric Grapevine. Uh, okay. uh, it's really worth picking up. You even slightly like Primus, pick the book up. It's an easy read. It takes you through their entire time and you get to see how many people they're talking to, whether it's hmm. Stuart Copeland, whether it's uh, all different people. Uh, Trey Hale is in there, uh, Kirk Hammett. Oh, yeah, hmm. all, all those people are in there. Uh, and interesting if you like fish and if you like all this other Trey stuff. Anastasio. Yeah, yeah all yeah. those people are there. Yeah, and uh, it's fantastic. It's but it reads like pe- you're sitting in the room that people are talking about whatever they're talking about, and you hear people talking oh, cool. about it, kind of thing. It's like a, like a play, if you will, mm-hmm. but it has the characters of yeah, the people who you know. Yeah, it's just a, like you're sitting around talking and they. You're hearing their comments about whatever they're talking about. So, anyway, love it. Okay, my number two. We had Jerry's a race car driver with my number three. My next one is off of Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And you can imagine. What number is this, two? My number two. Okay. So, my guess is we're going to have a match here. I assume, unless you completely miss the song, which I would be completely surprised. I doubt it. Say, baby, do you want to be down with me? Wait, say, baby, do two? you want to lay down my mind? Say, say baby, you? do you want to lay down by me? Say, baby, say, baby. Number, number two is Tommy the Cat off of Sailing Well, the I already gave you my number two, and it ain't that one. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I assume that it's your number one. That would be my guess. Am I it correct? Is it is. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's good. Uh, so it's Tom Waits actually did the vocal for Tommy the Cat on the album. Depending which version you're. Which, well, uh, no, uh, unless you did live version, but the but the album version is Tom Waits. Yeah, but even on the um, which one was it the the rhinoplasty? There's the live version, which I think is the best version I've heard. Is and that has brain on drums, which is. Um, I think it's like an eight-minute version of the song. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So there's like there's three recordings, oh, yeah. official recordings. Yeah, but of the there's song. a live version. But I'm saying the actual yeah. album version from Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Yeah, that's is the Tom one. Waits doing. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, cat. That's him. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. I I went through. They have um, when I did the intro to the song, I kept wanting to say the actual words to the the song it's not the ridiculous stuff that i came up yeah. with and i'm trying to I don't know, but i'm like i'm amazed at how many words that he threw in there yeah it's fantastic <laughs> if you listen if you took the lyrics to that and the song played and you just tried to sing that on your own right not even playing that crazy bass line no you don't doing. have to play it you just have to sing it you just yeah. have to do it even that alone it's is freaking yeah. hard 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's um, I don't know. I guess I'll just give my little commentary. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, this song, why it's my number one? I guess to jump ahead, it could have been the, my number one, but it's, it's the coolest, probably funkiest bass lines ever. I think mm-hmm. when it comes to you know that that genre. Not to mention the slick, like we're talking about the slick vocal delivery, the storytelling, um, and especially difficult to do while playing this crazy bass line that he's doing. So it's like she was looking for that hate cat. Yeah, it just it it's shows um, it showcases Les's insane ability and his mind. He's like he is set apart. This kind of like the, he is Primus. The, all these other guys are great in Primus, and they they also make it, but. The, the mind, it comes from Les Claypool, and you can see that with everything he does. And I think with this song in particular, not to mention like the Tom Waits part, but I've heard it said of, that he sounds like, maybe in this song in particular, like a, a congested auctioneer because he has that nasally voice. Sure, sure. And he's just rapid-fire vocal line. But, um, yeah, when, when it came down to it, I was like, this is the, the Primus song, the number one Primus song for me. And, of course, taking us into the movie realm, Primus performed this song in a movie. Do you know that? Oh, that's right. Bill and Ted's Part, Bogus yeah, Journey. Ted, yeah. <laughs> Bogus Journey, which is a, a crap movie. Bill and Ted's Excellent well, Adventure. Well, Faith No More was in Bill and Ted, too. Bill and, and uh, Ted's Excellent Adventure was amazing. The first one? Not, yeah, the second the one. First, yeah. The second one, The Bogus Journey. Was Faith No More in the first or second one? No, they were in the second remember. because I think the Interscope had some deal with... Trying to push the bands. Bands that were in, <laughs> the, in their, in their, stu- in their oh, thing. Okay. And I, for me, this always... I was a big Bloom County fan. So I always kept thinking when I heard the song initially of Bill the Cat, not mm. Tommy the Cat. And they also had that other... They had like a some... I worked at a video store in high school, and it was back when they had video stores. It used to, you know, used to have, uh, but they had like the, they had a, uh, a cordoned off section of this video store. It wasn't right. Blockbuster, right? Right. But they they had like a some sort of like cat video that was sort of you know it was like pushing the edge of things, and it, it, well, both of those things kind of came together in this. And uh, anyway, it's talking about that. Paul Abdul video with MC. Yeah, yeah it must have been Paul Abdul. I'm, I was pretty sure that's what it was. Everybody, you remember Paul Abdul? Just forget it. Okay, you remember it? Forget Straight it. Straight up now, tell me. Forget it. Straight up now, tell me. Do you really do want you me want to forget the song? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Please forget the song and save your brain. I think that's how the, song, the lyrics go. Is that right? It's something like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got it. <laughs> Oh, but the great funk groove in this, and the hard stop, and then Tom Waits comes in as Tommy. It's just the vocal delivery, oh, it's so good, and and yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, it it was close to my number one, but at the end of the day, I pushed it to number two, and I can see why it was your number one. And here it is, Tommy the Cat. Hold on. Let's do something fun. I think we need to do something fun. Do you guys want to see something fun? Play the... Uh, Say yes. Come here. Come here, Jake. The rhinoplasty Jake, version come here. for me. Come here. I want to use my mic. I want to use Are my you mic. Gonna, you gonna sing? No, you're going to sing, my friend. 
It's your number one, so you didn't get to sing. So let's do. Where the heck is it? Come on, baby. Let's see if Jake can do the words. There we go. There it goes. All I know is butter dripping off a hot biscuit. It's gonna pop. It's gonna be ridiculous. This is karaoke with Jake right here. Stand back. Well, our memories of those were a meal ago, said Tommy the Cat as he reeled back to clear whatever form matter may have been nestled in the way of his mighty throw many a flat alley even had meant the demise while staring point blank down the cavernous barrel of this awesome prowling machine, truly wonder of nature, the urban predator Tommy the Cat had a story to tell, but it was a rare occasion such as this that he did. I was sliding down the alleyway like a water dripping down a hot biscuit. The aroma of meat said that was raw aroused suspicion the oldest tigers that hung around the hot spot in those days. The sight was beyond belief. The head snapped double dimple even tripping the and when you dealt the alleyway, most vulnerable tabbies that wore the hangout in the golden droves. My ultimate mother of masculinity <laughs> one place that was O'Malley's alley. Stick with cat calls, no pun intended. That was even muscle that her neck to twitch and sauntered up in her heart alley that she knew that she wanted to look at that. She was looking for that. Stud bull. She was looking for that. Hey, cat. That was me. Time of the cat. It's my name, and I say unto thee. Say, baby, do you want to lay down with me? I say, baby, do you want to lay down my mind? I say, baby, do you want to lay down my bed? Say, baby! That's so difficult. Oh, and I kind of I couldn't play the bass or sing that song. Oh, let's turn off the volume. Okay. Both together. We just did that live. It was just so off the cuff. And I figured since it's my number two and it's Jake's number one, <sighs> that it needed to be done. It should happen, and, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed doing the Tommy <laughs> Cat part. <laughs> Although I kind of screwed it up because it was rapid fire. It was so yeah. fast that I couldn't keep up. You know, I never knew the lyrics, honestly. There's like maybe one or two moments when I hear a word. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the and part I, I know. I, I was sitting back. I'm like, Jake's going to die on this. He's going to die on this. And he's like, and you nailed it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I really have to step it up here. I got to do the job. Uh, if you did the beginning part, I have to do the Tommy the Cat part. And, yeah, you got to do Tom Waits. Oh, my gosh. It was so hard. I got a lot of it, but I missed part of it. It was in the middle. It was like, it's like, and, and once it gets away from you, there's no recovery. Yeah. Well, I recovered, but I just kind of, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. So I was on, hey, cat, that, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's so hard. Oh, all right. So we did your number three, two, and one already? Well, yeah. I mean, that was my number two, but you did your no. That was my number one, and you you did your number two, and you did your number two already. Yeah. So my number one is something you did a long time ago. Wow, what's your Winona's number one? big brown oh. beaver off of Tales from the Punch Bowl? I should have known. Yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, it's interesting. Les Claypool talked about this, and he said, uh, "Believe it or not, it was not necessarily about the 
euphemism, although that's always part of it. You know what I mean? That's kind of how they phrase it, and it worked. He goes, I was fly fishing with a friend of mine up in Lawson County in California, and the sun was going down, and we were heading back to the car, he said. And off in one direction, and I went off in the other direction. I came across a corner, and I stepped into a creek. And I just spied this thing. It spied me. It was this big furry mass coming my way. It flipped and popped its tail and scared the crap out of me. And I scared the crap out of it. It was this giant beaver. I mean, it was huge. So I got into my head, this big, big brown beaver, big brown beaver. I said, okay, well, how can I make a song out of that? And then it became Winona's got herself a big brown beaver. And there it is. And this mythological character obviously had a little double entendre to it, but it just happened that this bass part with all these triplets and fit really well with the lyrics. And when we did Punchbowl, the two came together and it became Winona's Big Brown Beaver that everybody came to know. And if you've never, ever seen this video, if you've never seen the video, I actually say pause podcast and what it's fantastic it's it's i've never seen people look as toy like mm -hmm. as they do in this video and and you can see their mouths and you can see like you can feel less as character in that silly cowboy guy yeah, all, yeah it, it was kind of like there was a duracell commercial around the time that it came out that looked kind of like that as well oh but it's but it's like the amount of time it took them to get ready for that video yeah and that they had to like lock in and get into all the prosthetics, and it took yeah. them hours, and they had to wear it all day. And they yeah. did the thing, and we talked about before. It was like twenty five percent slower, and they went and they did it. And the guitar work, if you just step back and listen to this, forget the video, forget all of that. Guitar work's great on this. Love the solo on the outro. Love that. I just can't unsee the video though. At the end of the day, I hear the song. I feel the video. I. Listen to that groove, and if you never heard a Primus song, and you were playing Primus for somebody who's never heard Primus, and you wanted to take one song. Time of the Cat. And, but Time of the Cat <laughs> would scare some people, hence my wife. Really? Yeah. But <laughs> What about it? But Winona's Big Brown Beaver. That doesn't scare your wife. <laughs> believe it or not, like if you think about, if you show the video, if, like the video is for the both. Oh yeah, maybe the video. Yeah, and, and people are like, oh, that's interesting. That's, that's yeah. weird. How do they do that? You know, you know what I'm saying? Groups, yeah. All right, let's listen to a little Winona's Big Bang Beaver, my number one, and then we're done. Wow. <laughs> We finished our journey from 12 wow. to number one. Who knew it? We've heard Jake sing a little Tommy the Cat. We've heard Rob sing a little Tommy the Cat. What do you know? And Jake did better than I did, I think. Um, <laughs> so at the end of the day, let's take a brief moment and reflect backwards <laughs> to Stone Agro Agronomist. Oh, yeah. Uh, IPA. Um, what are you thinking now that you've finished it? It was delicious, good and strong. In the world of IPAs, this one stands a little bit above the rest. I wish I had a 12-pack instead of a 6-pack. Right now, it's really where I'm at. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's go. And uh, we have two things going to be a little special later that I will share with you. But for the moment, let's go to the computer and come back with our mystical official Dirty dozen. In five, four, three, 
two, one. Hey, we're back with the official Dirty Dozen. Can you believe it? We'll start from the bottom and head to the top. Number 12, DMV. Mm, really? Number 11, Lacquerhead. Good. Number 10, there's just too many puppies. Number 9, Mr. Crinkle. Number 8, John the Fisherman. <laughs> Number 7, Poetry and Prose. Seven. A song that nobody's ever heard of at number 7. You're just upset you didn't big it. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> number 6, Sergeant Baker is my name. I'm going to teach you how to play the game of warfare, boy. Yes, sir. Number 5 is Those Damn Blue Collar Tweakers. Okay. Number 4, My Name is Mud. Wow. Number 3, Jerry was a race car driver. Good. Number two, Winona's a big brown beaver, and she just had it stuffed. And number one is Tommy the Cat. Cat. Good, good. And it's not Tommy the Cat, the Primus version. The number one song of all time is the Jake and Rob cover Tom version. Tommy the Cat. <laughs> Tommy the Cat yeah. version, yeah, that we sung earlier, which is so amazing. And I hope you guys heard that. <laughs> <laughs> So I, the way I talk about it now, I have to include it so we can embarrass <laughs> both of us, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, digress. So we're done with Primus. What do you think? Happy? That was a good fun one. Yeah. Uh, in two weeks, we are going to get together one more time and kind of celebrate our uh, one-year anniversary doing the podcast. Yay! Yay. And with our 24th episode, wow. we will be talking about the thing that is pretty consistent that I will not put in my Dirty Dozen. Yes. And that Jake pretty much didn't put in his Dirty Dozen, I think maybe once. Did I? Uh, is a cover song. And, yeah, it's um, not fair to... Uh... Yeah. So we're going to talk about... We're going to go through the 23 bands that we've done or that... Even if Jake wasn't here, that he's going to listen to, and he's going to pick one from that band. For the, I think he missed two or three over the twenty-three, so he did twenty. Pick the top cover song, and then we're going to take of the top cover song from everyone. Like Soundgarden is our first one, or Faith No More. Mm -hmm. We're going to pick whatever War Pigs by Faith No More, or whatever the song we're going to pick, and pick them up, put them in order, and then take our top twelve, and we're just going to go through our twelve. We're not going to deal with the... We're not going to have a song of note. We're not going to have any of that. Right. But at the end of this podcast, uh, Jake and I have just put out... Uh, we're part of a group that's called uh, North Park Mission. And we put mm -hmm. together a song called uh, Cry of a Broken Heart, which we will play at the end of this video. Uh, it will not be through speakers because we own the thing... And we wrote the thing. Well, we didn't write it, but our group oh, yeah. wrote it. Stephen yeah. wrote it, and we We're played part on of it. it. Yeah, and uh, this is a live version of us playing it. One of many songs. Yeah, and uh, the next when we do the cover album, we're gonna do a cover that we actually have a license for, and that is fantastic. That was one take, that yeah. was live, and there's really just minor mixing to it. Other than that, it's good to go, and that'll be two weeks. You're gonna hear that. It's Serve Somebody by Bob Dylan in two weeks. And this time we're going to hear uh, Cry of a Broken Heart, which is the original by us at the end of this. So thank you so much. Please subscribe on every any channel you're listening to this podcast on. And so you'll have it all the time. Please share it with your friends. If there's somebody who you know who likes Primus, somebody who should like Primus, 
somebody who likes two idiots talking about Primus, uh, <laughs> share this along with them. And uh, thank you so much. So I'm Rob. Primus sucks. And Jake's here too, <laughs> I guess. Bless you guys, and I'll see you in two weeks. Be well. Can you listen to